Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 366 days per year. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. I'm Tom. And I'm Mike. Oh, oh, I can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Mike. Oh, Mike. Mike. Hi, I'm Mike. Mike Westfall from the Advent Calendar House. Thank you all for having me. Oh, Thanks for coming me. on. <laughs> absolutely i'm excited all right i got a question straight up i've wondered shoot origin of the name christmas vacation the little bits in the middle um how they change scenes where they open a door to their house yeah so it, was, it came after it came from that that's it so cool um, nice because what i used to do before i started the podcast so i used to do this thing on facebook every december where i'd share a different video of an old christmas special or commercial Growing up, my parents taped a lot of these TV specials and movies off the TV, and we had numerous eight-hour VHS cassettes just crammed with them. And as an adult, when YouTube started becoming a thing, I started doing this thing on Facebook where I'd find and share a different old Christmas special every day up until Christmas Eve. And then about four years ago, I decided uh, to turn it into a podcast idea. So that's where the name comes from. And that's that's awesome. That is cool. I love that's that. cool. Shows taped on VHS make me like warm and fuzzy inside. Especially when because... the tape themselves are fuzzy <laughs> nowadays. Yes, as they oh, are. Oh yeah, or those little those little like, like blips where it, you know gets off center. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Bonus points if they kept the commercials and didn't try to edit them out. Oh, oh those really yeah. The best. That's those basically every VHS tape I still have that I <laughs> Yep. We had a whole catalog when we would get HBO free inexplicably and like we would just like record everything. Those didn't have commercials mm-hmm. except the old HBO lead in. You remember that one? And you were like flying through the city <laughs> and then the HBO turned on its side. I remember oh. thinking it's about to get good. <laughs> <laughs> free HBO. Nobody knows we have it. <laughs> I mean, uh, it wasn't just our family who was like, uh, so we have HBO. Don't tell anybody. Uh, Speaking of HBO, by the time this drops, HBO Max will be live. Are any of you all subscribing? I can't keep track of all the things that HBO is doing to try to get my money. They've got like 37 services now, and it's just too much. We have HBO Now or Go, whichever one is the one you can get without cable, and apparently that just converts over to Max. So you'll get it, Tom. Oh, okay. So it won't be a different one. No, they were converting it over. When I was a kid, my parents had uh, got Dish pretty young. And my mom's friend at work, one of the reasons I got so interested in tech, he would program the Dish card. He'd put it in and it would have everything unlocked. Oh, ho. Yeah. 
So my my forte my foray into the tech world was uh because of uh, nefarious deeds being done. The satellite. <laughs> so real quick before we get started, you mentioned your podcast name. Do you want to do a shameless plug right now? Uh yeah, sure. It's a salute to all holiday specials, but mostly the Christmas ones. It's at adventcalendar.house. And last year, because of other real-life circumstances that happened even before the quarantine, I had to split things up. So this year, I'm doing 12 episodes, counting down to Christmas in July, starting on the 1st, and then 12 more in December every other day. So I've got my episode in the can for July 1st. Ooh, awesome. Oh, that's wonderful. Something to look forward to. Well, Mike, you joined us on a perfect night for you, because those who don't know... Mike's a big Disney guy. But before we get into what movie we're covering tonight, I want to say, speaking of Disney, I watched Toy Story recently, the first one. And I just want to shamelessly, not plug it, because who need Toy Story doesn't need plugging, but I want to say how wonderful the writing in that first one is, because they somehow make you, they tur- their jerk was it, their hero was a jerk in that first one. They somehow had to do that balancing act where Woody pushes Buzz out that window and you still sympathize with him. Yeah, he was a super jerk in that first one. That's why (laughs) Hannah doesn't like it, actually. She does not like Toy Story 1 because he's such a jerk. It's complicated. It is complicated. All the best stories are. Yeah, Toy Story 2 is my favorite. I love 2. I love 2. The original trilogy, it's like the perfect trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> it's right up there with the original Star Wars films and Lord of the Rings. Like, they're just the three yeah. great trilogies. Yep. I don't love three. What? You don't I love do. three? Three is not my favorite. Oh. Well, no, I, I wouldn't say it was my favorite either, but I think three so, was a really good ending. My favorite, I like four more than three, and I know that's not the most popular opinion, but I really liked four. Really I liked four. I don't think a lot of people that I talked to liked four much at all, but I no. enjoyed it. I enjoyed I four. I, I really like the arc. I really like seeing the discarded toys and what happened and both you know, total like BA. Well, the, <laughs> the way I describe four is it's like the epilogue to the main story. The first three is the main story and four is just that little epilogue. Like, yeah. I happens. feel like I have closure though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was yeah. perfect. Yeah. And my whole dislike, my, not my dislike, I like three. I, watch, I will watch any of those, any of the four, any day of the week. But I don't like what's the name hugs a lot bear. Lots of hugging bear. Lots of hug a bear. That's it. Lots of hug a bear. I'm not in love with him. I like to I be able think, to. Like, I don't think you're supposed to be. He but I mean, even as a villain, him. I'm not. Even as a villain, I'm not like attached to him the way I am. You know. Mm-hmm. Like with the in the fourth one, I could I could sympathize with the doll, like where she was coming from, a lot more. The they made they made lots of hug a bear so dark that I couldn't relate to him at all and there was no sympathy built and I just did you like stinky Pete in the second one more oh yeah I did (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) how could you not like him when Kelsey Grammer voiced him and speaking of Kelsey Grammer wait pause oh (laughs) see how I did that (laughs) what's up Tom (laughs) I like how you did that but I think we need to issue a warning right now oh yeah so we're going to be talking about if you haven't seen this yet there are issues that come up about santa claus that may or may not be appropriate for your little ones so if you have small ones around that you uh would not like to hear where this conversation may go now's the time to pause and we'll see you next week good call yeah good call 
Okay, so this week, for those who don't know, we are covering the 1999 Disney straight-to-VHS Christmas anthology film, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. Before we get into histories with it, let's run through the cast. So the special is directed by Alex Mann, Bradley Raymond, Jun Falkenstein, Bill Spears, and Toby Shelton. Combined, they all have a lot to their name, Disney and otherwise. It was written by Charlie Cohen, Thomas Hart, Scott Gordon, Tom Nance, Carter Croker, Richard Cray, Temple Matthews, and Eddie Guzelin. And I assume there are so many writers and directors because they all took a different segment of this. But. So probably the biggest A-lister in this special is Kelsey Grammer as the narrator. He, we've covered him on the show before. He's best known for the role of Dr. Fraser Crane on Cheers and Fraser, But we've also covered him uh, in... Christmas Carol the Musical, which Tom and I really enjoyed and Julia was meh on. <laughs> Did you see that one, Mike? It was like a Not Hallmark yet. original. That's on my to-do list. It's really good. <laughs> Depending who you ask. That's, that's debatable. <laughs> Two out of three hosts recommended. <laughs> oh, also, Grammer has been married four times. I don't even know how, by the way. Like, I don't know. His voice is better, but like it ends there. <laughs> Wayne Allwine does the voice of Mickey Mouse, and he's played Mickey. He was best known for playing Mickey for 32 years, and he was Russie, married to Russie Taylor from 1986 to 2019. And Russie Taylor plays Minnie Mouse in the special, in addition to Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and she's best known as a longtime voice of Minnie Mouse and several characters in The Simpsons. So cute. It's cute that Mickey and Minnie were married in real life. I love I it. I think that might be a typo 2019. I think that's 2009 because Wayne Allwine died quite a while ago. Yes. You know what? You are correct. I'm, it's I'm 2009. Wait a minute. Let's <laughs> <laughs> well, Taylor died in 2019. <laughs> well, rest in peace, Mickey and Minnie. Uh, indeed. Indeed. That was, a, that was a loss. That was a loss. That was a loss. Tony Anselmo? voices Donald Duck, and he's been the official voice of Donald Duck since 1985. Tress McNeil voices Daisy Duck in the Stuck on Christmas segment. Uh, Chip and Aunt Gertie, and she's best known for voicing Dot in the Animaniacs, Babs Bunny in Tiny Toon Adventures, and she's the current voice of Daisy Duck in various Disney media since 1999. Yes, this was her first appearance as Daisy. Ooh. Well, I'll say that's only you can't ask for a better first appearance, not to give away my thoughts on the on the movie yet, but it's a, it's a strong debut for her. Absolutely. <laughs> that's why they kept her. Yeah. Yeah. So Daisy's actually voiced by a second woman in the special as well. Diane Michelle voices her in the Gift of the Magi segment, and she's best known for voicing Daisy in several more modern Disney projects. Uh, not it. She was only... Daisy's voice for about two or three years between 1998 and 2001. Uh, that whole House of Mouse series. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Daisy's voice is this Diane Michelle and a few before this, and I don't have the names off the top of my head, but this special and into Twice Upon a Christmas, which is a sequel to this, and into Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and Beyond is all Tress McNeil. I used to really like House of Mouse. I loved the House of Villains Halloween episode. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really That's good one. Epic. <laughs> There's a Patreon idea for us. If we get yes. bored, if we get bored between now and October, we should do that one, y'all. We should. Alan Young voices Scrooge McDuck, and he's best known for voicing Scrooge McDuck for over 30 years, including 
Mickey's Christmas Carol, which was his first time doing it. So he had a strong debut as well. He also played Wilbur, Wilbur and Mr. Ed. And he started his own variety comedy sketch show, The Alan Young Show. Bill Farmer voiced Goofy, Pluto, and Horace Horsecollar. And he's voiced Goofy since 1987 and is still the current voice of Pluto and Horace. Horace is never one of my favorite Disney characters. When I was looking at the credits, I had... I don't think anybody says... <laughs> but he's a good... Yeah. If you can... It, every once in a while, they'll bring his costume out at... Uh, at one of the theme parks. So if you can meet Horace, that's a quality gift. Do oh. they really? What, which uh, park at Disney World? When no one goes. So <laughs> that's how they do it. Or Halloween. Sometimes he shows up for Halloween. Which of the parks does he usually show up in? I've only seen him at Magic Kingdom. Huh. That would be a get. That would be a get. I don't know. If I went for my first time and the best thing I find is Horace, I'm pretty disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Horace is the kind of is the kind of uh, character you see at like Hanna Barbera Land instead of Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with Hanna Barbera. Uh, Hanna Barbera Land was definitely low budget Disney. I didn't though. even know they had a land though. Uh, I, I'll, oh, have yeah. to find, I'll have to find my picture and post it. There's a picture and it's got the uh, the scrolling marquee. It says "Happy Birthday, Tommy." When my family took me when I was like four or five. Oh, oh my wow. goodness. <laughs> Corey Burton voiced Dale, uh, who didn't say or do a lot in the specials, but I thought he was worth mentioning because he is best known as the voice of Ludwig von Drake, Captain Hook, and other various Disney characters. He voiced Shockwave in The Transformers, Brainiac in the DC Animated Universe, Count Dooku and Cad Bane in various Star Wars media. Hugo Strange in Batman Arkham City and Zeus in the God of War series. So he has quite a lot of iconic characters under his belt there. That's pretty darn impressive, really. A lot uh, of these names just have really, really long resumes. Oh and, yeah. And a lot and a whole lot of Disney, right? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. yeah. I think it's important to know for the listeners that they do have long voice credits. It's just that there's a long cast, so uh, we'd yeah. be here like three hours reading off yes. all their voice credits. <laughs> uh, he also, wasn't he, I'm trying to confirm, he was the voice of Dale in Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers too, right? Yes. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Dale and I Zipper. I loved that show. Chip and Dale. Rescue Rangers. Rangers. <laughs> That's a top tier Disney afternoon show. All of them were. I mean, there is, I see the new shows that are out that my, you know, that are, that are hawked at kids now and they don't hold water. Chip and Dale, Tailspin, DuckTales. DuckTales. I love DuckTales. Woo! <laughs> I like the newer DuckTales. New DuckTales is fantastic. Yeah. David Tennant is awesome. a good one. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it. Yeah, oh, you because should. he's Scrooge, right? Is he Scrooge's voice? David Tennant? David Tennant? Yes, David yeah. Tennant is Scrooge. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm interested now. <laughs> uh, speaking of Disney afternoon shows, Sean Fleming voices Max Goof. He was known as a former, he was a former live drummer of the indie rock band Foxygen and the creator of his solo project Diana Coffee, as well as his Disney voice acting career voicing multiple characters, including Max, I assume, in a Goofy movie and Goof Troop. Did he do those? I don't think so. The thing about Max in this special is that he's younger. He's younger. Than he ever was in Goof yep. Troop or the Goofy movie. So, no, I think hmm. this was a whole different kid that they got. 
the incomparable Jim Cummings does the voice of Pete, Santa Claus, and other various voices in the special. And he's probably best known for voicing Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. Uh, Did he do Darkwing Duck too? I thought he did, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, Darkwing Duck, another quality television show. He is the weaker of the Tigger voices, though. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, he never invented an artificial heart, so... He sure didn't. No. (laughs) (laughs) And if, you know, you're going to fill somebody's shoes who did an artificial heart, you better come with your A game, and he just didn't do it, (laughs) y'all. In case you're wondering, I'm talking about Paul Winchell, the original voice of Tigger, did in fact invent the artificial heart. True story. He was a ventriloquist, a voice actor, and invented an artificial heart. I was never the biggest fan of Tigger. That's one of the most ridiculous things you've ever said in your entire life. (laughs) I didn't hate Tigger. It's just that compared to the others, his... You like Piglet more than Tigger? I loved Piglet. Okay, well, how about this? Paul Winchell was also the voice of Gargamel in the Smurfs. Now, that is amazing. That is amazing. That is amazing. We have to clear something up real quick. You like Piglet more than Tigger? You like Piglet? Nobody (laughs) likes Piglet. Eeyore was my favorite. I love Eeyore. Well, that's fair, but Piglet is like, you know, the uh, you, when you when you have Lucky Charms, they're, you want all the marshmallows. They're amazing, right? And then there are the little, you know, airy not marshmallow things. That's Piglet. Whole grain bits. Oh, I think you eat those. <laughs> I think you're confusing Piglet with Rabbit. I like Tigger better than Rabbit. I like Rabbit better than Piglet. I cannot say. Oh, dear. My least favorite was Owl. Oh, yeah. Owl. I liked Gopher. That's a, oh, oh, Gopher was one of the best. <laughs> Gopher was fantastic. Complete Kenya and Rue were pretty too. awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I loved, yeah. I loved their relationship. I'm not to, I want to clarify something. Now I know what Jerry Davila means when he says we take him out of context. I never said I didn't like Tim. I said he was just not my favorite. You get it. You hate Tigger. Let's move on. <laughs> um, You're welcome, do, Jerry. You're welcome, Jerry. <laughs> I do just want to know as well, Jim Cummings also voices the Tasmanian Devil, who's one of my favorite Looney Tunes characters. Ooh. I just want to watch him in his little booth. Did you ever Tasmanian see the Devil? video of him reading Darth Vader's dialogue in the Winnie the Pooh voice? Yes. It was awesome. No. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that. That sounds oh, pretty great, father. though. Uh, all right Uh, y'all remember do y'all remember the poo video where he practiced satanism yes oh wow that's that's like an old internet that is like (laughs) i just i just aged myself yeah i remember that i still see that every now and then do you that's you not that for that never has mentioned it and then boom right back which is <laughs> terrifying. So April Winchell voices Clarabelle the cow and does other various voices and she's been the official voice of Clarabelle since 1996. Paul's daughter. And he doesn't have a big uh, role in the special but I wanted to mention Frank Welker mm-hmm. did the voice yeah. of Turkey and Figaro. He's best known for voicing Fred Jones in Scooby-Doo since 1969. Although he didn't voice him in Scoob, and he's voiced Scooby himself since 2002. Um, he also I, voiced Megatron and Soundwave in Transformers, Curious George in the Curious George franchise, Garfield on the Garfield Show, which is a 
the another new one Garfield of my favorites. Show, like the, yeah. this decade Garfield show. The, the CGI Garfield, right? Yeah. Oh, oh I take that back. <laughs> and he also voiced Nibbler on Futurama. Yes. Nibbler. <laughs> Frank Welker, if you ever hear an animal in a cartoon, it's probably Frank Welker. Wow. He's okay, two things. One. Abu and Aladdin. Every cat you hear. Uh, he was the voice of Dr. Claw and Inspector Gadget. And Mad Dog. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Do, two do, things. Do, 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 one, we need to get Futurama Christmas episodes added to the list soon. Oh, yeah. That's, they have some amazing ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, Mike, what do you think of Scoob? I loved it, but I spent the whole movie like just shouting out all of the references I saw. I'm sitting watching it with the kids and going, it's squiddly diddly. And they're like, what? You're shouting nonsense words. Jabberjaw. Uh, Jabberjaw. I squealed out loud when I saw the yep. Jabberjaw yep. reference. Jabberjaw. I loved Jabberjaw. It was so, so good. I'm glad I, I was glad I, I paid the extra five bucks to buy it. Absolutely. Me too. So I'm hoping it gets a sequel because I want to see the other Hanna-Barbera characters like Jabberjaw. Mm-hmm. I want a prequel. I want to watch the little kids starting out i want like that that scene where they went into the house the first time you know yeah that's yeah. what i thought it was gonna be oh that's mm-hmm. what i want i want to i want to follow i want to follow the the scooby-doo crew children that's did, you, did y'all watch uh, a pup called scooby-doo uh, yeah oh yeah i did i loved that yeah track. i did scooby a pup named scooby-doo dooby-doo-be-doo i do want to add one more name here that was not on your list but jeff bennett is the voice of Mortimer Mouse in this. He was the voice of Johnny Bravo, the man with the yellow hat. Oh, and wow. A bunch of Disney characters in Kingdom Hearts games as needed. So when you need the White Rabbit or someone or Mr. Smee, you get Jeff Bennett. Uh, here is Mortimer. He's doing an impression of Frank Nelson, who's the guy who does, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that man was Frank Nelson, and Jeff Bennett is doing a Frank Nelson impression as Mortimer. Wow. You just mentioned Kingdom Hearts. Did you all hear that supposedly they're doing a TV show for Disney Plus, a Kingdom Hearts TV I show? I just saw that maybe an hour before we started recording. I'm wow. so excited. I love those games. I liked him as Man in the Yellow Hat so much more than Will Ferrell. Oh yeah! Oh, oh my God! So I forgot better. that. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> so much better. All right. So that's our enormous and extraordinarily talented cast. So let's get into history. Mike, <laughs> what's your history with this film? I don't have a very storied history with this. I actually watched Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas before this one. I first watched mm-hmm. Once Upon a Christmas about eight or nine years ago, and it started streaming on Netflix, and it became an annual watch multiple times over every Christmas season with my family. I think I prefer this one over twice. I like that it's three longer stories instead of five shorter ones. Mm-hmm. Can I, I go am, next? Yes, but before you do, I want to say I'm impressed you went back and watched this after Twice Upon a Christmas. Because that might have I do like me. Twice Upon a Christmas. I like this one better, but Twice holds up. I just don't like the animation um, style on twice. See, you just killed yeah. what I was going to say, Anthony. I was going to say everything that Mike said, but I have to say I cannot stand the art the the art style of Twice Upon a Christmas. I just it was when they were first moving to doing everything computer mm-hmm. generated. They did not put in the time or money to make it look good and it was just it's yeah, I I cannot stand the design. 
It looked like but, we were we were just talking about it a few weeks ago. It looked like that really bad Rudolph CGI misfit spinoff. Oh, like it wasn't that, that bad, but yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's pretty bad for Disney standards. It was awful. Oh, for Disney sure. standards, it was for sure. It was. I think I- I think I give it a pass because it was their first. The ducks, I think, look okay in that. I think it's Mickey and Minnie that they try to find some balance between. I think they try when they tried to first bring Mickey and Minnie into CGI. They tried to make it look like their characters at theme parks. That's mm-hmm. the way their head used to be shaped. Now, if you go to a theme park, Mickey and Minnie actually look different. Uh, they look closer to their now counterparts in like uh mickey mouse clubhouse and road yeah. racers and things like that mm-hmm. i think for me the big issue with well i don't want to get into it because we'll i'm sure we're gonna have to cover that at some point but like the skating scene just looked i mean it was just awful to watch it was painful <laughs> <laughs> the design i mean it was literally like it looked like they just did a cut and paste on everything in 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 some sense that was fantastic yeah that's, <laughs> <true>. <laughs> that's fair that's fair I don't know why it's okay with that, but it is for Fantasia, but not for that. I don't know. Well, when did you first see Once Upon a Christmas? I don't think after, you really did your history. I saw, I saw Once Upon a Christmas after I saw Twice Upon a Christmas on Netflix. Oh. And I started watching Once Upon a Christmas. I watch it a couple times a year. Ellie gets re- Ellie got really excited when we, were, when we started it today because she's like, is this the one with the harmonica? Is this the one with the harmonica? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> oh. it's the harmonica. Oh. Well, that is perfect for my lead in because um, I remember watching it when it first came out, you know, like I guess on the Disney channel, that would have been right. Our senior year of high school. Well, yeah, because I was, I've always been a Disney watcher. Right. Mm -hmm. My family loved it and I loved it and we've just always watched it. Um, And what's funny (laughs) to echo Ellie is when I sat down and I was watching on my phone today because we got a lot of screens working in our house today. Um, and <laughs> Hannah is my almost 16 year old daughter. She was sitting on the couch and she heard it and she's like, is that the one? She didn't say, is that the one with the harmonica? She said, um, is that the one with Huey, Dewey, Louie and the sleds? And I'm like, it is, it is that one. And then it was like a few minutes later, she left and Ethan walked in and he heard it and he was like, is that the one with Mickey? And he gets her the thing and she gets him the thing and they get the, each other. The, and I'm like, yeah, that's the one. And he's like, I love that one. And so, and that's my almost 14 year old. So um, made me feel good. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those that I don't know that we ever, you know, mark on the calendar when we're going to watch it, but we always watch it for Christmas at some point, at least once. Um, I love this one. I also saw this one Anthony? when it first came out, Julia. Uh, my parents got me the VHS back in 99 when it was wow. first released. So I owned this on VHS and I wore that puppy out as much as I could before DVDs became popular a year or two later. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but I adore this one. And when I think about it, I always think about Mickey and the Harmonica too. That's one, that's what I think of. I watch it every year. It just gives me all the warm fuzzies and watching it this morning in preparation for tonight, like with the air conditioned blasting, because it's pretty hot here, like it put me right yeah. in that Christmas mood. Yeah, I had the air conditioned blasting and it reminded me of Christmas growing up. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you get it. You're from you're from the Gulf Coast. You get it. This movie 
is really like uh is a class in master storytelling like economic storytelling because it's only an hour long mm-hmm. hour five minutes long split up into three different mini movies and none of them yep. feel short none of them feel too long they're all the perfect thing. and mm-hmm. it's really really well done i, I agree with you on most of that i just think that they didn't quite live up to pete's christmas with the first one <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute (laughs) uh well i think we should just cover it story by story yes uh, and i'll let mike kick us off with that first story but before we head into it i just want to read the narrator's opening lines to set the mood here and (laughs) kelsey grammar's You're setting your bar too high, man. You're not going to live up to Kelsey. <laughs> I am not even going to try. You just tried to set my bar too high. I just said I would read the narrator's line. I didn't say I would embody Mr. Grammer's baritone voice. <laughs> wow, I like that. Mr. Grammer, we just got like... <laughs> we're up in our game here, Anthony, all the round. You're killing it, man. <laughs> so the special opens up. Uh, zooming into this house with this giant Christmas tree and gifts underneath it as the narrator speaks and he says one time a year there's a marvelous night when enchantment and wonder spark can take flight. Each home fills with joy on this grand holiday with hearts growing warm in a magical way. The rooms are all covered with garlands and wreaths. The mantle is ready with stockings beneath. Lights twinkle and glow and bells brightly chime. The moment's arrived. It's here. Christmas time. Three precious gifts under this tree. What secrets they hold. Let's look and we'll see. The first tells a story for all us to hear, for us all to hear about laughter and family and those we hold dear. We love Christmas so much we want it to stay, but what if we wished it was here every day? And that leads us into Donald Duck and Stuck on Christmas. Inspired by William Dean Howells' Christmas Every Day, after enjoying Christmas Day so much, Huey, Dewey, and Louie wish for it to be Christmas every day. Their wish is granted, and at first the three are joyful. However, they soon begin to get tired of it upon realizing that every day will be exactly the same as the day when they first made their wish. It's not until the boys realizing the true meaning of Christmas, however, with the help of their Uncle Donald and Aunt Daisy, that they're able to break the time loop. I love a good time loop story. Who doesn't love that? I, like like um, <laughs> I don't know how many of these... This the movies with this trope I've seen, and I still enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it yes, is. Yes. This is one of my favorites. Absolutely, it is mm-hmm. so hard to do this wrong. Yeah, and and this knocks it out of the park. It does. It's one of the best examples of it. Absolutely. Even comparing it to Christmas Every Day, <laughs> I, I, I definitely like it better than the original Christmas Every Day. But that's I what mean, I. Yeah, me too. A hundred and two or something year old story. So, yep. <laughs> Huey, Dewey, and Louie wake up Christmas morning. Uh, they rush downstairs and they open up their gifts. Uh, as Donald's making them breakfast, he screams and he's like, you got to wait for the family who arrives immediately after that. We have Daisy, we have Uncle Scrooge, and we have Aunt Gertie, who I'll get back to. But this is the first time we ever see her and then we never see her again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to say, though, about Donald, I always, I mean... Didn't y'all have to wait for your parents and siblings to wake up for opening gifts? I can't yeah. just rush down and open gifts. I'd be my parents would have that same reaction as Donald if we tried that. <laughs> Love that Donald comes down wearing a, a captain's hat too, like first thing in the morning. He was. We actually see him as we come in. He's wearing his captain's hat to bed, and he's kind of snoring anchors away. 
So well, it's funny because when it opens up, that you see them all in bed, and the clock says two a.m. And I thought to myself, because I haven't seen this since last year, like, oh my gosh, do they get up this early at two a.m.? Is he? Are they gonna annoy him by waking him up at two? But no, it just transitions to the next morning. No, the kids are are snoring jingle bells, which is which was awesome. (laughs) I loved that. (laughs) But they rush into the closet. Donald mentions that he's got something for him in the closet and sees three new sleds that they immediately grab and rush past everyone outside. And they spend the entire day sledding outside. Mm -hmm. Uh, They come in for Christmas dinner and it's ducks eating turkey. Which I think will Yay, be- cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get back to that later too. But I, I love mean, good. I love a good Christmas cannibalism scene. Y'all, nothing <laughs> more in the spirit than well, seeing something eating its own kind. Yeah, let's well, get I, to it now. Okay. <laughs> Disney is not consistent with the way they treat their animals, as you'll see in the Goofy special, where a They're dog is walking really a dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I mean that's always been a thing. Pluto they, and Goofy thing, right? Yeah. Everyone argues about uh, the difference between Pluto and Goofy, but here we got ducks eating turkey, and then later when they break the time loop, they invite the turkey in for dinner and mm-hmm. instead have ham. We've seen yep. pigs wear clothes in this universe. Are you just fair game if you don't watch your back? Game? I like it. Game? Ah, it's the Turduck and Hunger Games. That's why they're in a remote cabin in the middle of nowhere. that's another thing that's just they're out in this cabin nowhere near civilization is this their holiday home they have neighbors though chip and dale are right next door in their tree Uh, yeah and the tree well that's because they destroyed pluto's tree so they had to move Uh, oh i love that short oh that was awesome but i'm thinking if you're if you're related to scrooge mcduck where are you gonna spend christmas really McDuck Mansion, that's the one thing twice does right. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But this is a nice, you know, getaway out in the middle of the woods. It looks like they're hooked up enough where they're not dealing with electricity issues. So it's it looks comfy in there. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Uh, They all gather around. There's a grand piano in there. Maybe it's Uncle Scrooge's holiday home. Maybe. Maybe. It is it is pretty idyllic though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uh, but the Donald's breakfast looked amazing. I just always found cartoon pancakes look really good. How perfectly they stack with the butter! Like I, oh my think, goodness, they even they fall on his head. Look so good. Oh yeah, yeah they do. <laughs> uh, but is that not how pancakes look when you make them? <laughs> no, but I also don't make thirty-seven of them. So, <laughs> but, but Christmas is over too soon, and the Huey, Dewey, and Louie end up sulking back to bed and they decide uh, one of them, I think it's Dewey, decides to wish upon a star that it was Christmas every day. And they should know better that wishing on a star works in Disney lore. <laughs> a whole song about it. <laughs> he wake up the next morning and find it's the same morning as Christmas every day goes. But in this case, it's more of a Groundhog Day scenario where it's still December 25th. Mm-hmm. And the events of the day will repeat themselves. They find that out pretty early when they go downstairs and their gifts are still down there. And mm-hmm. then Uncle Scrooge and Daisy and Aunt Gertie arrive again. They weren't just 
they're staying overnight. Uh, so they have to deal with recycling this day over and over, and they change things up every once in a while. They Aunt Gertie has this thing where she comes in, and she's like the very big affectionate aunt, where are my kisses? So one time <laughs> when they do this over, they come down in scuba gear because they don't want to get slobbered all over. <laughs> At one point, they decide... There's a good lesson here for Gertie and consent. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Aunt Gertie, this is the only time we ever see her, but there is a website that hasn't been updated since about 2006 where someone has put together a family tree of everyone related to Donald Duck mentioned in TV, movies, comic books, anywhere. It is enormous and it is amazing. A lot of love was put into the connecting all of these dots. It's huge. I will comment on when you post this episode on Twitter and Facebook and Reddit. Y'all have to see this. So I'm glad you're going to comment again because I saw you post it today when we posted your recording this yeah. episode. And I lost about a good hour and a half when I was on a conference call scrolling through that Just, I You can get it. lost in that. Yeah, but apparently Aunt Gertie is Uncle Scrooge's distant cousin. So that's how she fits in. She kind of reminded me of, do you guys remember the 66 Batman TV show? They lived with Aunt Harriet, not just Alfred. Yep. She reminded me of Aunt Harriet. <laughs> wow, I never connected that, Don. That's well, an old school reference, man. <laughs> wow. You are on the money, though. 100%. Thank you. Man, Anthony, you're killing it tonight. I mean, I have one to applaud the, the best uh, show Christmas for is, uh, One <laughs> of the Christmases that they do over, they decide to just be extra jerky to everyone where they fly the their radio-controlled airplane around and mess up Donald's breakfast a different way. And then they invite the turkey. No, they, they switch Daisy's cooked turkey with a turkey from outside. <laughs> a live one. That we see them sledding past and harassing through this whole thing. And that ends up, just wrecking the entire house. Tree falls on Donald. They immediately regret their decision. And uh, that's when they notice a card that was attached to their sleds from Donald and Daisy that reads, Christmas isn't about candy canes, holly, or lights all aglow. It's about the hearts that we touch and the care that we show. So they stay up all night, turning their sleds into a toy boat for Donald to give to him the next day. And they just have an all around better Christmas for everyone. Like that last Groundhog Day that, that broke mm -hmm. the time loop. This is what happens here. They wake up the next morning. They are rejoiced to find that it is December 26th. And they rejoice to look out the window and see Chip chuck that Christmas tree <laughs> out of his tree. Yep. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> their tiny Christmas tree out of their giant, their bigger <laughs> fir tree, which is funny. Which is just a funny idea to begin with, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, the, one, the, the one part of this that I thought was really clever, when they're trying to figure out what day it is, they start, and it's, it's your background right now, Mike, when they try to yeah. figure out what day it is and they just keep ripping the, uh, the, the day off the, the tearaway day calendar and every day it's December 25th. Yes, that was a nice little effect that they could do. That, it was. That you can't really do in Groundhog Day. Well, I guess you could, but they didn't. No, it's not like the original Christmas Everyday story where they go through a calendar year and the 4th of July is Christmas and Valentine's Day is Christmas. Here it's just December 25th over and over and over mm -hmm. again until you learn something. Mm -hmm. And that's how it was like Pete's in Pete's Christmas and Christmas Everyday, the ABC mm -hmm. family one, both of which also have that same trope 
right before they decided to have the perfect Christmas, they had to do the okay. crappy Christmas where they ruined it for everyone else. Yeah. And realize mm-hmm. in that moment how hurtful they've been and what this true mm-hmm. spirit is. So mm-hmm. this played on those tropes well. And they did it. They did this it. Is it well. This is inherently our Linus moment for this episode, right? This is our big Linus moment. Oh, absolutely. When that card floats down and they read yep. it. Yep. You see the uh, shame and guilt on their face, which is something I love seeing on the faces of children. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way they learn. There's the part I found really funny is when they're talking about how tomorrow is yesterday and yesterday is today. Oh, and yeah. Huey's like yeah. going crazy. He's like, yesterday's today and today is tomorrow. It's going to be the same thing day in and day out and day in and day out. Snap out of it. <laughs> that's an interesting thing about this that's different from groundhog day is that they retain the physical differences of having to have christmas every day it was like you can see louie kind of getting a belly there from eating yeah. all that turkey <laughs> yeah yeah that is different if they ke- if this kept going would they age oh that's a good i don't question. know I'm, I'm sure we're all glad that that didn't happen. But one thing I will say about this, they did not sell me on this being a bad thing. <laughs> I, I, I would be elated to have a Christmas time loop, y'all. Oh, gosh. Tom, do not wish us into that. Maybe not. Yeah, the, no thanks. Maybe not to the extent of Groundhog Day where it was like 100 years or something, right? And that what we're supposed to believe with Groundhog Day? Some inordinate. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen everything from 50 years to 10,000. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, that might be a bit on the excessive side for me. Yeah. <laughs> Having a few days of Christmas over and over again, who doesn't want that? I loved when uh when they came downstairs elated that it was the day after Christmas and Donald misread their elation for depression and he was like, Aw, I understand, boys. You wish it could be Christmas every day. And they're just like, No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, side general Disney note I never understood Donald and Daisy's relationship Are you kidding? <laughs> They're seen... perfect together because... They're lovers I, mean... I just I mean I get it I get it she puts she's the strong woman who's able to call him out on his crap but Donald's mm-hmm. just so but at the end of the day I... they're just they're lovers Anthony she's Aunt Daisy here which I you don't hear a lot that's yeah that's not a, that's not normal for them no and, and Daisy usually doesn't live with Donald. No. So are we to take mm-hmm. if they are married visit. in the special or just close enough where they start? I don't know. I think it might be an honorary aunt. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Well, she's, she's living there. with she them here. She comes in with Scrooge and Gertie. Oh, you're right. She, yeah, she, she comes the, in with you're Scrooge right. and so. You're right. She brings the, she, yeah, you're right. Maybe she went to the airport and picked him up. Oh, and could be. Because she like cooked dinner and stuff. So I don't know. Um, I love this one. This one. I love this one so much, but I love the Donalds, right? Uh, Donald Duck was always one of my favorite. Um, I liked him more than Mickey lots of times mm-hmm. because he made me laugh and he reminded me of my father. <laughs> so uh, my dad gets really angry. <laughs> I just want to interject and say the same with Tigger. I like Donald, but he was never <laughs> my favorite. Anyway, continue. So you hate Donald too? <laughs> Donald and Tigger. Yeah, I mean, I love a time loop and and I love Donald and I've always loved Huey, Dewey and Louie. They make me laugh. So this one's aces in my book. I'm with you, Julia. All of the ducks were more, were more, I was more akin to all the ducks than I was the mice and -hmm. the dogs. Yeah. Love the ducks. Love the time travel. This is is a 10 for me. It's pretty perfect. Me too. What about you, Anthony? An eight. 
Okay. But like, not so much into the, I want to dig more into this duck hate you've got going on. <laughs> so are you not a Donald fan as much as you are a Mickey fan? Goofy is always my favorite. I love okay. Goofy. And, but I always loved Mickey and Minnie and Pluto. I love, mm-hmm. I, they, they were always, yeah, I don't know. They're just Disney to me. I like Daisy and Scrooge more than Donald. Donald just always annoyed me with his shtick. I can't, I can't, I can't do his uh, angry duck impression, but uh, <laughs> it just always <laughs> kind of, <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a lot of spitting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. And again, I don't, I don't hate Donald. I like I like when honestly my favorite Disney stories with the quintessential Disney characters when they're together. If they're split mm-hmm. up, I prefer Mickey and Goofy to solo stories to Donald solo stories. Okay. I tend to go a different way. I get I want to say annoyed, but I get I get burnt out on the on the the um, the Goofy stories. <gasps> That's like a knife to my heart. <laughs> I just get burnt out on the, the... Yeah, I just get burnt out on Goofy Story. There's only so much of a bumbling buffoon I can stand. Now, I'm not even going to attempt to do Goofy's imitation because Tim oh, Mab, when we had him on the show, oh, did the scream perfectly. Who did? Tim Mab. Yes. Oh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. No, he it was, and I'm not even gonna attempt to replicate it. But you would have thought Goofy was on our podcast falling down. Yeah, <laughs> but that's pretty impressive. But yeah, I, you know what? No, I'm not gonna give it eight. I'm gonna give it eight point five. I went a ten on this one. I don't think I said it, but this is a ten. I go ten too. Yep. So that gives us a score average of nine point five. So for our listeners. We're going to take the average of all three, and that's how we're going to get the score for this movie, where we rank it. So, after the Donald special, the narrator comes back and reflects on that a bit, and he says, So Christmas was meant to last just one day, and maybe it's simply better that way. It's a time to be treasured. It can't always be here, but the feeling it gives us can last the whole year. Now, this gift holds a story both wondrous and rare about a father and son and the love that they share. This Christmas will learn before the night's through. If we care for each other, our dreams can come true. The second one in this special, it's Goofy starring in a very goofy Christmas. So this is the middle one. And our synopsis is, when Goofy's son Max becomes convinced that Santa Claus doesn't exist, thanks to their neighbor Pete, Goofy is determined to prove the existence of old St. Nick for the sake of the boy's happiness. So this one is... Why we had the disclaimer at the beginning of the episode for one, but um, this is a story about you know a kid getting to that age. They start to question because they hear from in this case a neighbor, a rotten neighbor. Um, that I hate Pete. Are, yeah, I've always hated Pete. Absolutely. Little, yeah, Pete's terrible. Never. Um, there's a reason he played Satan in. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey's Christmas Carol. I mean, <laughs> nobody Carol. likes Pete. Christmas, you have to come. Well, close enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought, it's kind of a Phoebe thing to say, isn't it? <laughs> Satan, Satan. Anyway, so Goofy is Goofy in this one. He plays himself perfectly. And Max is his questioning son. Max is the age where... You know, he starts to question all of the Christmas magic. And so uh, we start with a little shtick at the beginning where Max has written his letter to Santa Claus and is desperate, desperate to get it in the mail. Um, hijinks ensue. They go to a mall and you've got the letter that flies all around up and down. Goofy is determined to get that letter in the mail for Max um, and, act, and makes it happen. But after the letter gets mailed is when Pete steps in 
and Pete casts this shadow on Santa Claus. Max really wants this snowboard, and Pete's like, yeah, hey, by the way, Santa's not real. That's not possible. And Max is like devastated because it plants that seed of doubt, just like in the Polar Express, just like in all of these other movies we've seen that deals with this topic. So he, he talks to Goofy about it, and I mean, Goofy is just Clark Griswold animated in this yeah, yeah. oh my god that's so perfect yes <laughs> and he is he's earnest and he just insists you know santa does exist and you should never ever ever stop believing in him Max. and you can totally see max waffling on this right it's a struggle for max throughout the portion of this story we get to see goofy do nice things for a less fortunate family the andersons come over are they also goofies Whatever a goofy is, Dogs? so I don't know. They look I mean, they like look, goofy. Yeah, but without the really large long, they look more like a Max than a Goofy. Like Goofy's really the only one that looks like a Goofy. Yeah. But <laughs> I assumed they were in the Goofy realm. Can I just um, say before you move on from this part, I loved that they had this as part of the special Goofy helping an underprivileged family. Yeah, I, I did too. Think that's so Goofy as mm. well. It is so Goofy. Mm-hmm. Is, it was at that moment that I was like, this guy's Clark Griswold. I mean, he just is. Because he'll take anybody in. He, he didn't curve after anybody, though. He what? <laughs> he didn't curve after anybody, though. He, he didn't have the blonde at the mall. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a Disney special. Come on. <laughs> that would be super creepy. To think of, to think of uh, Goofy wanting to look at a woman in lingerie. <laughs> he does catapult his way into a lingerie shop in the mall did, at the beginning. <laughs> but he was so Howdy. uncomfortable with it too. He was. <laughs> it was adorable. Yeah. So while this family is over having dinner with Goofy and Max, Goofy dresses up like Santa, right? To bring these kids some joy and to do just kind of the, you know, get the neighbor or get the family member to dress up like Santa thing that you see in lots of other movies in real life for that matter. And Max is like jazzed. And he like shoves these other kids to the side just to get on Santa's lap like first. Shoving kids who are like four years old, three years old. I know. He's a little aggressive. Um, And so he sits on his lap and he's like, you know, I want a Red Ryder BB gun. (laughs) That's all I could think. But he wanted the, he wanted the snowboard. And one of the little girls pulls a little too hard on Santa's hat and the jig is up. The beard comes off, the hat comes off and it's goofy. And Max is devastated because he's like, you lied to me, you know, like you made me think that this was real, but it's not real. And I'm done. Max leaves. Goofy feels horrible and chases after him. Goofy didn't do anything then, wrong here. But I think, feel like we need to defend Goofy here. He did nothing wrong. No. He didn't, no. He didn't do this to, to mislead Max. It wasn't even about Max. He was trying to help these right. kids who were obviously underprivileged. That's right. Max yeah, is wrong. entitled. So Goofy sets out for the remainder of this portion to prove to Max that Santa's real. And how's he going to do that? He's going to sit on the rooftop Christmas Eve, wait for Santa to come and get a picture of him. And not he, fall off the roof. And not fall off the roof, which he very quickly fails on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Max ends up staying up with him for some portion of this, but Max is like, he's been burned and he's like total teenage attitude here, by the way. And he's just so rude to goofy like goofy's making all these grand gestures and he's so rude to him and i'd forgotten that i forgot how awful max was to goofy 
So I love the Goofy Max relationship. I've always loved that father son relationship across mm. like Goof Troop, a Goofy movie, etc. But that is something that's pretty consistent. Max is pretty short tempered. He's embarrassed of him. And I know we're not talking about Twice Upon a Christmas, but that's I love terrible. I loved in Twice Upon a Christmas a story where he was embarrassed to bring his college girlfriend home, but then he realized, like, oh, you know, I'm proud of my dad by the end. Like that's my favorite. Yeah, but at the beginning, he was just the worst, man. But you know what? That's something a lot of teenagers go through. They get embarrassed of their parents. And... I mean, that's my worst. daily goal, right? Isn't this our goal <laughs> as parents? To embarrass them on a regular basis? What's interesting about Max doing that to Goofy? Here is he's not a teen in this one. He's young in this one. He's like rebelling right. a little, yeah. like young. Yeah. He hasn't had time to find Kurt Cobain and Nirvana yet to have this attitude. <laughs> <laughs> so while they're up on the roof, Goofy thinks he's spotted it. He sees a shadow across the street. Um, and it does look very much Santa-like. It ends up being a burglar <laughs> robbing just Pete's Beagle house. Boy. Beagle yeah. Boy uh, adding insult to injury here, too. <laughs> like, Max is getting his hopes up, and it is the antithesis of what Max wait, wanted to see. Wait, so if Tom's always one who brings up Family Guy, I'm going to bring it up this week. I say, this reminded me of the Family Guy cutaway scene <laughs> where they think Santa's on the roof next door, and it turns out to be the Grinch robbing the house getting all yes. the way in handcuffs and the Grinch says you think you have won you think all is well but kiss my green ass I shall see you in hell <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh dear yep we're gonna have to up that warning I think on this one <laughs> well, we, we have the jingle, jingle bell, bells bell. <laughs> so upon seeing that it is a burglar and not in fact Santa, one Goofy falls off the roof, fulfilling the prophecy set before him earlier in this portion. And he's now he's lapsed into a deep depression, right? Not only does he feel like he's failed Max, but now Max is right. Santa is not real. And Goofy depressed is the saddest thing ever, by the way. Can I Yes, just say? it is. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, oh, it's heartbreaking. Because because that's no part of Goofy's persona is sad, and he's so well, and the, sad. And all I could hear when I was watching this, Julia, seeing Goofy depressed, is your comments from a Mickey's Christmas Carol and a Muppet's Christmas Carol when you see Kermit and Mickey mourning Tiny Tim about how oh. this is not right. You cannot see these two sad, and that's all yeah. I could think. No, yeah, Mickey's Christmas Carol, Mickey with his, like, yellow teary eyes oh my gosh i was gonna go to a funnier place it reminded me of arrested development when michael sarah's sitting there with the fishing pole and they have the, they have the peanuts music playing it's just it's, I, I every time i see somebody sad who shouldn't be i just think of michael sarah underestimated michael sarah and that music i'm sorry i'm getting so many texts right now i'm so sorry <laughs> so goofy's really sad and so then max out of the goodness of his heart and out of wanting to see his dad happy which will come up again in a few minutes um decides to dress up like santa shove himself down that chimney and surprise goofy and try and restore goofy's faith in santa and i mean it perks Goofy up for just a minute until he realizes <laughs> Max was dressed up like Santa also. And so this brings about the conversation that Max was just trying to make Goofy happy. And Goofy's like, I was just trying to make you happy because they love each other. And that's what the season's all about. Well, while they're up on the roof, because they've made their way back up on the roof, they do spy the true 
Santa Claus in a sleigh. It's beautiful. It's glittery. And there's just magic all around. And what comes floating down from the sleigh, but the snowboard that Max really wanted. And so Max was super pumped. Their faith is restored in Santa Claus. Pete, in fact, doesn't get anything for Christmas, but Santa finds a way to blow all the snow (laughs) off of the goofy property onto Pete's property, which feels really good at the end. And Max makes some comment. And I don't have the quote in front of me, but it's lovely. Um, He says, well, what did you get for Christmas? And he's like, well, it's the same thing I've asked for, for the last few years or every other year. And it's just to see you happy. And Max says, oops, got you the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Smooth like that. (laughs) And that's our Linus episode segment, our Linus moment for this segment. I thought it was such a beautiful moment between the two of them. Oh, I yeah. really liked it too. Mm-hmm. I love it. Listening to this, please don't go down the chimney. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Parents listening to this, please don't try this at home. No, no, I'm going to disagree. We've had chimney sweeps for how many decades that were children? And they're fine. Kids <laughs> have it too easy nowadays. In fact, I would say if kids want to go down the chimney, Darwin would have something to say about it. Oh, dear. <laughs> have we learned nothing from gremlins? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Do you remember how hard it was to get through that scene? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Just played completely straight. Like some. Tr- <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot all about that. <laughs> <laughs> any favorite quotes or parts of this mini special? my favorite quote is easily when goofy's trying to cheer up max and he pulls out his bear and he's like, well looky here it's your old stuffed bear remember what you named him old stuffed bear, old stuffed bear. <laughs> <laughs> i think my favorite scene of this whole special segment is when goofy has that family over for dinner because again, I think it's such a sweet, I don't want to say serious moment, but it's like a nice little heartwarming, you know, you don't see a lot of kids' movies address that side of things, like that there are underprivileged people out there and, you know, that aspect of Christmas, you know? And I yeah. love that it's, again, that's Goofy who does that, because I think it's such a Goofy thing to do. He has the biggest, love him or hate him, I think he is the heart of the main Mickey game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and love their my- reaction when he had that Goofy moment, you know, on the food goes everywhere and the turkey's oh, yeah. up in the air but it lands perfectly and they're like whoa Trips nice job yeah, yeah. It's like spider-man <laughs> yeah love it so i was going to give this one a 9.5 but somehow as always happens when julia walks us through a plot like she makes me like it even more so i'm giving it a 10 boosted the score i'm gonna go 9.7 on this one i'm gonna go nine and a quarter i'm gonna give it a, a solid nine because again i i forgot that y'all did fractions but i'm gonna stick to it i like the plot and stuff on christmas a lot more than the old doubtful about santa trope but i've always loved goofy and max's father-son dynamic in the goofy movies and it's just as strong here so a, since a goofy since... movie is like one of my favorite underrated disney is I love that movie and the music. I was four years old when I learned the truth about Santa Claus because I was the Family Feud was on, oh. and they said they talked about children's favorite fictitious characters or you know. Oh come on, Family Feud! And I went and asked my grandfather. I said, "Granddad, what does fictitious mean?" And he said, "Oh, it's made up, like pretend." And he said, "My face dropped immediately." 
and I started crying because there was Santa, <laughs> Tooth Fairy, Easter Bunny, one foul swoop at four years old. Oh, man. So, oh. since y'all did not have your childhood destroyed by Family Feud, did these things not bother you? Because when I saw stuff like this as a kid, I was always like, well, the adults should know if there's a Santa. Why does Pete think there isn't? Well, we've talked about this before, sort of, right? Like we brought it up but with the Santa Claus and Miracle on 34th Street. Like but I, I mentioned multiple times, it. it was the Santa Claus that made Sarah start as a kid doubting that he existed, just because she was so confused. Why didn't? Why did all the adults like turn on Tim Allen by saying there's no Santa? Why did they? Were they so upset? Charlie was believing in Santa Claus, so that's what really got her. That's fair. But it's also Pete we're dealing with here, and Pete's naturally a jerk. Here's something I didn't realize about Pete until I was an adult. He's supposed to be a cat. It, Wait, say what? What? Pete is a He's cat. a cat? Yes. So if you watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, they actually refer to him as a cat. Like, he likes balls <laughs> of yarn. He gets distracted by balls of yarn. Oh, it's, my gosh. Yeah. So... If you go all the way back to Steamboat Willie, Pete's in that. He definitely looks more cat-like. And then somewhere along the way, I don't know, something happened. What's the name of Pete's son again? PJ. 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 I always liked PJ. He was nothing like his father. Oh, no. He was great. That that was uh, Rob Paulson. He was nothing like his father. Oh, that's why he's not in this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. His they, we can't. Pete probably told him about Santa Claus. <laughs> ripped his heart out. We can't have a redeemable uh, old Pete character. No. So our scores for a very goofy Christmas average out to 9.65, which is 0.1 higher than Stuck on Christmas. Wow. Wow. So, again, after the special, the narrator kind of reflects on it a bit and leads into the next one. And he says, so Christmas is found in the way that we live, not what we receive, but what we can give. Now, the last present here may seem rather small, not fancy or flashy or special at all, but this gift can be given by the rich or the poor. It's the gift of the heart, and it means so much more. Dr. Seuss would be so proud of these rhymes. (laughs) He really would. (laughs) I am going to go on and give us the plot synopsis to Mickey and Minnie's Gift of the Magi. Our synopsis, this is based on O. Henry's The Gift of the Magi. And if you're not familiar with that, go back and check out our bonus episode from last Christmas, where we round robin read that amazing short story. Mickey and Minnie are are determined to get one another something special for Christmas, despite the fact that they're having trouble affording anything, resulting in the two each selling their prized possessions and realizing it's the thought behind each gift that counts more than the gift itself. So in this, they're having some financial difficulties and they want to do nice gifts for each other. Minnie thinks she's going to hit it big with her Christmas bonus. She goes to meet her boss. and Mortimer, which was the original. Well, that's what Walt Disney wanted to name Mickey and his wife talked him out of it. Thank you, wife. Thank you. Yes, thank you. So uh, instead, she gets a fruitcake. (laughs) Which was very National Lampoon, too, where he's expecting the big bonus and he gets to see Jelly of the Month Club instead. (laughs) Gift that keeps on giving all year. It is. It is. (laughs) And he was pretty ungrateful for that gift. Mickey is working overtime at Pete returns at his Christmas tree lot because he wants to buy a chain for Minnie's watch. Minnie has this beautiful watch that she loves, and Mickey really wants to get her a nice chain for Christmas, but he can't afford it. 
So he's been working double time at Pete's Lot. Whereas Minnie ripping was, people off, ripping not well, Mickey, not Mickey, but no, Pete, Pete is like Pete does. awful. I mean, he is a whole new level of awful here. Am I right? Mm-hmm. He one hundred percent. So while Mickey is, oh here. yeah, total no, totally. Minnie, meanwhile, was counting on that bonus because she wanted to get Mickey a harmonica case because Mickey has this beloved prized harmonica that he's always playing. Of course, neither wants to admit they're having financial difficulty to the other one or that they can't really afford these gifts. So they're doing everything they can to hide that fact from them. So this, again, underprivileged family, very reminiscent of the one in the Goofy segment we just talked about, comes to Pete's lot for a Christmas tree. And they can't, they don't really have a lot of money. They want something small and cheap and pete says all we have is this 10 footer and they're like well we only have what was it 20 dollars." well that's enough for a down payment we can set you up on an installment plan and mickey's heart breaks because these children are like oh we want this tree daddy we want this tree and of course being the parents they don't want to disappoint their kids around christmas so mickey finds this perfectly small proportioned tree that they pay for that they pay for at the 20 and leave and the kids are so happy with this tree they think it's perfect and mickey He's so happy he was able to make it Christmas, but Pete is not because he cost him a sale on one of his 10 footers. So he's taking all of that money from Mickey's paycheck, which basically ruins Mickey's chances of getting Minnie the gift she wants. But Pete does get a little comeuppance because the cigar he's smoking sets all his 10 footers on fire, so he will never <laughs> be able to sell them. Which are the nice little, after two specials worth of Pete, I was happy to see that happen. Mickey goes to this toy drive from the firehouse where he plays his harmonica and people are giving him tip money and he's so excited because he's like I'm gonna get Minnie the chain now but he gets to the shop it's It's closed closed. he almost gets there in time and then it's closed right as he gets to the door and the shopkeeper walks out and even with the money it's not enough so Mickey trades his harmonica for Minnie's watched her. So, of course, they sit down to exchange gifts that night and Mickey's like, Minnie, why don't you tell me, why don't you take out your watch and tell me what time it is? And Minnie's like, it's time for you to open your gifts. And they exchange, which I thought was very cute. And um, they open gifts together and Mickey sees a harmonica case where the harmonica is sold and Minnie sees the chain for her watch, which she's traded. And both are upset at first that each other, they each traded away the thing they love the most. Physical possession they love the most for the other one but then they realize it's not about the gift it's a thought that counts and they have one another and they hug and mm-hmm. kiss and it's sweet it's beautiful it's sweet it is it's so sweet and it's uh, i think it's like a perfect adaptation of the gift of the magi honestly it really is it's beautiful it's mm-hmm. it's beautiful it does a little better you, you get more connected to the characters obviously this way because it's longer the gift of the magi was so short mm-hmm. well i mean it also helps that you have most people by the time you know. they watch this will have a history with these characters right mm-hmm. they're just so sweet and i love their reactions at the end too where they both again linus moment linus moment. beautiful one and i didn't mention him in that little summary but pluto was also in this one because he's following mickey around everywhere per usual and i love pluto pluto's right up there with Koof. <laughs> explain <laughs> so- that because they're both dogs <laughs> Jude and I watched this one together on the trampoline this evening. And when Pluto turns into a horse, when he has those horse teeth, when he's about to pull that sled, we had to rewind that thing like five times because Jude thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever seen in his entire life. (laughs) It is so funny. And I love Pluto. I crack up 
every time at smooth boyfriend Mickey. Coming in here like, gosh, Minnie, that sure is a beautiful watch. I bet it look real nice with a gold chain around your pretty neck. <laughs> that makes me laugh because we never see mickey like that no i am i need to see more of smooth boyfriend mickey even at right? the end when they realize what has happened mickey comes in with oh many you're all the music i'll ever need i'm like wow <laughs> yeah smooth pretty smooth mickey mickey's much more likable in this one than he is in twice upon a christmas where oh yeah be raised oh, when he kicks him out of his house oh man who talks to pluto that way right so, Mike, you kind of mentioned it a few minutes ago, but I loved, uh, you mentioned the quote about how <laughs> Mickey said you're the music, all the music I'll ever need. Yeah. Smooth Mickey talk. But I just love their whole, because it's for kids that they kind of have to beat you over the head with what happened. So, like, when they're opening the gifts, like, Mickey's like, oh, a case for my harmonica. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, a chain for my, my watch. Oh, Mickey, it's beautiful. I traded my watch to get you that case. I traded my harmonica to get you a chain for your watch. Oh, well, Mickey, your point, I... we didn't see Minnie do that, so they yeah, had to rush it in there. That's true. Because Mickey I wonder why... put on that like five-minute harmonica show. <laughs> <laughs> right, and the money wasn't enough to begin with, so they could have like cut that out, the harmonica show out. Yeah, show well, Minnie. a toy drive. But like, if they had cut that out, it wouldn't have changed the outcome. He showed up up to the shot late, and he just trades his harmonica. Yeah, Whereas right. if they cut out those two minutes or whatever it was, we could have seen Minnie mm-hmm. actually yeah, trade could've. away her watch. But I think it was supposed to be a bigger surprise, so I think they're going for a surprise factor here. Oh, okay. But they called it Mickey and Minnie's Gift of the Magi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also love that Minnie's last line of the special was, want some fruitcake? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, fruitcake gets a bad rap. Fruit, I've had fruitcake that's pretty good. I've never really bad had fruitcake. I haven't either. I well, do not like fruitcake. I know what I'm getting people for Christmas this year. Woo! Okay. Isn't it <laughs> soaked in like rum and stuff? Mm, I didn't have it soaked in rum. Oh, I thought they did that as a preservation technique for why the joke is that it stays good forever. Dude. Right. Preservation. Because it's, yeah, Fruit exactly. Bread. <laughs> Fruit cake bread pudding. I mean, I know half of that, and it tastes delicious. Bread pudding. I love bread pudding in, in alcoholic syrup. Um, y'all, I was just thinking. You kind of just reminded me, gave me this idea, Tom. We should for Patreon when it gets closer to Christmas, and we do all our baking, do like little live Christmas baking shows for the kids. Oh, by the way, baking our family recipes. That'd be cool. So there's obviously a line this moment between Mickey and Minnie. What would y'all give this one? Ten. Ten. Me too. What about you, Mike? Uh, I'm going to be the sourpuss here just because I was trying to rate this one compared to the other two. This is my least favorite out of the three. It's still good. I gave it an 8 out of 10. It's still pretty great. They kind of rushed that gift of the Magi reveal at the end, but it's for the best. That's true. So that gives us, with the four scores factored in, a 9.5. With the three scores, a 10, which gives this whole special an average of 9.7167. That is strong. We'll get to where that puts us on the list in a minute uh, after we wrap up the special, because after this little short, 
The narrator goes on to say, gift from the heart is cherished and true. A present is best when love's given too. So in the end, it's love that's a reason that Christmas is more than a gift-giving season. There's a time for their loved ones to show that we care when families and neighbors come together to share. So this Christmas season, let's all do our parts to keep Christmas spirit alive in our hearts. Which I love that. I love that. Yeah. And then I loved how it ended just at the Disney sing-along singing Deck the Halls, right? Or no, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's a bit of a mix. First, we start with Mickey and Minnie singing Jingle Bells. Then Goofy and Max come in with Deck the Halls. And then Donald and Daisy come in with We Wish You a Merry Christmas. And then they kind of smash it all together at the end there. Yeah, that's, good po- that's a good point. New deck the Halls with Bells of Holly. And then it ends with Jingle, Jingle Bells. <sighs> Oh, well, we should just have you sing it for our outro music. This yeah, time. I we mean, as far as I'm concerned. I'm <laughs> <Fun> game. <laughs> so, this movie has an average score of a 9.7167. Ooh, boy. That's solid. That's a... We have a new number... kick something out of 10. That's going to kick something out of our top 10, y'all. We have a new number two on the oh, list. Oh, wow. What? again? number two. It is coming in between Elf and it has dethroned the Santa Claus as number two. Oh, it's better than the Santa Claus. <laughs> that's that's fair. I will, Are you not uh, a Santa Claus fan? It's not that I'm not a fan. It's that this is better than the Santa Claus. Oh. What he's saying Elf. is he hates the Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we have to continue to put words into people's mouths, y'all. <laughs> so, my, fa- my number one is Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, so that's good. solid. That's solid. Oh that's my, my gosh, Muppet that's movie. that got a ten from me. That's my favorite Muppet, Muppet movie as well. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's not my favorite Muppet movie, but I love that. Yeah. Most people go with the original, and I understand that. But <sighs> Christmas Carol, I will reach for that more than I will reach for a Muppet movie. Mm-hmm. Not. Yeah, I just that is about the best Michael Caine I can imagine. I mean, he is just. Unbelievable. I mean, that's about the best. Michael Caine as Scrooge is still my favorite. Mm-hmm. More so than Alistair Sims, more than anything else. He is my favorite Ebenezer Scrooge. So, y'all, I'm just looking at a list right now. Look how close the top six are. Elf comes in at perfect 10, but besides Elf, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, 9.7167. The Santa Claus, 9.567. Christmas Vacation, 9.4167. And The Grinch, the new animated one, 9.413. Who they're all within like a breadth, a point, point one of each other. New Grinch is, is higher than original Grinch? The original Brand Grinch is on is. our television list. It's on a different oh, list. Oh, okay, you have but it separated. New okay. Grinch is higher than the uh, abomination that is Jim Carrey <laughs> Grinch. Without question. <laughs> yes! Yes! Anthony is sitting there and not happy with, with that, how well that troll worked out. Mike, I was so happy you joined the show tonight, but you just dissed the Santa Claus and now the Grinch? Oh, my heart. Sorry, man. <laughs> you know what? Something I'm about curious. that key party sours it for me. <laughs> Did I ever tell? Uh, did I ever tell the story on the podcast? Did I ever tell you all about the time Sarah met Goofy for the first time at Disney? 
No. I want to hear. So Sarah had never been to Disney World growing up. First time she'd ever been was on our honeymoon, actually. Yeah. But she always wanted to go. Goofy was her favorite as a kid. Her favorite character. She slept with a little, like, three-inch toy Mickey in her fist. There are pictures of it. Mm-hmm. So we're at the Animal Kingdom one day, and we're walking towards where we know there's going to be a photo line to meet Goofy and Pluto. It's a joint photo line. And as we're walking, we pass the spot the handler and Goofy come out, and we don't see them behind us. So we're walking, talking, and the next thing Sarah knows, somebody grabs her hand. Goofy came up behind her and grabbed her hand. Oh my and goodness. skips with her to the photo line. And <laughs> oh my I got, goodness. It was like childhood dream come true for her. I was lucky. Of course, then I'm hurrying backwards to get a picture of this candid moment, which I did. She looks thrilled. And then, of course, when we meet Pluto and Goofy officially, it's like she looks like a little kid. Her face is like, you thought she was meeting the love oh. of her life. She's hugging Goofy. It was an awesome. Wow. My favorite, one of my favorite pictures of her. I live Disney here. Magic. And my, that's a great story. <laughs> I can't believe you let Goofy. I can't believe you let Goofy run away with your bride, man. <laughs> uh, first of all, Goofy Dan tried to steal my bride, like Chip and Dale did. Chip stole my groom hat and got down on one knee and took uh, and took Sarah's hand oh, to try to propose to her. Yes. One then, time, a Universal Bullwinkle almost walked away with my baby in a stroller. <laughs> oh my god! What? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Chip tried to take my bride, and then Dale took her <laughs> veiled hat, and then they started like proposing to each other. <laughs> That's hilarious. You gotta watch That's out when awesome. they have. Did she have like the ears with the veil? Yep, yep. And I had the ears with the hat, and yep. Uh, yep. Okay. That's awesome. And we and we had the buttons too. So when we met, when we met Becky and Minnie, of course they can't talk, but they're so like. So that's oh. why they, that's like radar for cast members there. Yeah, they, like they'll oh, see yeah. that the, the happy birthday buttons. They go for those little signs like that. So good thing you got those. My favorite thing about Disney is that they don't break character even for the adults. Like when we met Aladdin and Jasmine, it's like we're in line for the photo op to meet them, and we're there talk to us when we get up there and they're like where are you two from and i'm like new york and aladdin's like oh abu's always wanted to visit there you heard there's a big apple oh that's that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) i've never met aladdin and i've always wanted to uh you got to find him in adventureland or in epcot he hangs out in morocco yeah that's where i always Uh, look in morocco and i never see him there i didn't think about that uh you'll find him more or less there every day Compare that to Universal when we met Shrek and Donkey, which is hilarious. But Donkey asked us where we were from because it's like an animatronic donkey. Like a guy is dressed as Shrek, but animatronic donkey. And like he's responding to your time. There's like, oh, where are you from? We told him, he's like, oh, oh, that's cool. He repeated the name. He's like, cool, cool. Sounds boring. (laughs) (laughs) Was that (laughs) Donkey from Shrek? Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. I have not met Donkey from Shrek at Universal. They're right outside the Shrek Pavilion where the 4D ride is or whatever. Yeah. They come out every now and then. Donkey comes out of the stable holding his head and uh, Shrek comes out and you get a photo op with both of them. It's pretty cool. Nice. Have any of y'all started watching VR Chef on Disney Plus? Oh, yeah. Oh, my kids are hooked. Ellie and I watch it religiously. She is mm-hmm. so into it. So um, it's amazing because the, the, each episode is based on a different Disney movie and the the competing families go and engage with that character at the park. But now as a result, Ellie will eat something and she'll say, I think I taste, like really gives it a thought and then says exactly what she's eating. Like, 
I think I taste cheese crackers. <laughs> I keep trying to get it on camera and, it, and we haven't yet, but I've got to get it filmed. It is just, but it has turned her, it has made her love cooking with me now. It's amazing. Oh, I love that. Do your kids cook with you, Mike? They cook with my wife's a better cook than I am. So they definitely, my oldest daughter, who's nine, has started taking more of an interest in cooking with her, thanks in part to Be Our Chef. So. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm curious, because I'm sure we'll get comments on social media that we have a new number two on the list. But I'm also curious to hear our listeners' reaction to our question of the week this week. So we will let Mike answer first. We have a question of the week provided by Gary Blauman, who's killing it with these questions. And he wants to know, in Home Alone, Old Man Marley tells Kevin in the church that there are lots of rumors floating around about him. Outside of the rumor Buzz tells Kevin about him murdering people, what rumors do you think adults are saying about him? Adults probably say at best that he disowned and kicked out his family at worst that he eats children <laughs> oh that's a wide breath <laughs> i mean probably something like intentionally scare neighborhood children but <laughs> yeah i mean when we talk about what adults say about him they have some level of reason you know reasonableness about them right oh he's such a lonely old man i feel so sorry for him but don't oh, wow. go trick-or-treating at his house. Yeah, you're but stay being a lot, property. You're being a lot <laughs> more generous than I am. What I'm, what I'm thinking is not appropriate for a family-friendly podcast. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the way this guy walks around and stares at people, he's totally got pedo vibes. Oh. <laughs> I went with cannibalism, but you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you do say cannibalism, I could say pedo. <laughs> I'm going to have to agree with Mike's first answer and Julia, you know, I'd probably say they probably think he's a lonely old man who disowned his family or is on the outs with his family. They don't know the whole story, but I doubt any of them think he's an actual. I don't know, but if somebody's been disowned by their family, you think they have to have done something pretty bad and the family knows it, man. <laughs> yeah. Like families don't disown their parents for, for little reasons. Well, between our ranking of Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas and answers to this question, I'm curious to see what our listeners think. Where can they let us know, Julia? Oh, like all the places. So they can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook groups, Reddit. There's a quick and easy way that you can get to any of these social medias. Pick your poison. All you have to do is go to tisthepodcast.com backslash Twitter backslash Instagram. Um, so plug your favorite social media location in at the end of that fancy URL and it'll just take you right to it and you can start to engage with us. I will tell you our Facebook group is super busy and active all the time, which is awesome. So you can see a lot of other people's responses to some of these questions of the week, which is a lot of fun for us as well. Um, and Reddit is super active as well. Um, so just come engage somewhere. One of us is, some amount of us are somewhere at all times, it feels like. And we just really love to hear from you. It's a lot of fun for us. You can also chime in and get some more conversation for the, shall we say, distinguished listener on Patreon. We have bonus content available there uh, and a private chat that you can, you can chime in on. 
Um, there's all sorts of good stuff coming. We've been doing these new fireside chats. Mike, we'd love to have you on a fireside chat here soon. Oh, maybe absolutely. a little closer to July to push your uh, okay 12th July episodes. Um, they've been great. We've been with listeners, other podcast hosts, uh, some of our patrons. It's a lot. Of, yeah, it's a lot of fun. We've we've already recorded some bonus content that'll be coming to Patreon later nice. this year and. I'm not going to confirm or deny, but there may be a new sticker in the works. So, Ooh. Ooh. if you want to support, if you don't want to support us on Patreon, we'll be in your regular feed every week as we have been for the past two and a half years. But if you want another free way to support us, leave us an iTunes review. If every new review helps new listeners find us and helps us to spread the Christmas cheer, 366 days per year. Also exciting, you thought this week was the only time we were going to have a guest Christmas podcast host? No, 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 no. Next week, we are covering Lethal Weapon with Todd Killian of Christmas Clatter Podcast. So I'm excited to see which way that conversation goes. Is it a Christmas movie? Is it not? We'll see. And the week after, we are covering The Ref. Which I haven't seen The Ref in so long. I've I've never seen it. Oh, Me neither. That's good. So I'm excited for that one. The following week, we have another guest host as well, just so you all know. Gary Blauman wants to join us for a very Murray Christmas. Oh. Oh, that's that's uh, That's actually two Oh, that's weeks. the Bill Murray one. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, the week after the week after the ref. No, that's two weeks after the ref. I have Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, The Ref, A Very Merry Christmas, A Legendary Christmas. Where's Christmas of Many Colors? Oh, no. I didn't copy that one over because April's on that one, right? Yep. Okay, never mind. It's going to be four weeks of guests. This is awesome. <laughs> so lots of Anthony trolling in store for y'all. On a more, much more exciting note for me, anyway, there are only 4,992 hours left until Christmas. That's only 208 days. That's 29 weeks. Hey, that's under seven months. Oh, I love it. Holy cow. We are going to be there before you know it. So, Mike, thank you for joining us. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> this was a lot of fun. Thanks, so guys. fun. <laughs> this was excellent. And you'll definitely have to come back. And listeners, check out Advent Calendar House Podcast because it's awesome. Two of the three here have been guests on it before. That's mm-hmm. true. So, uh, yeah, I've had you both on for Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. Which yes. Was also super fun. Tom, we'll have to get you on at some point. That'll be fun. That'll be All fun. Right. So, do your, do your homework, y'all. Watch Lethal Weapon, and we shall speak to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.
wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Good tidings we bring to you and your King. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas.